Chapter Six of the House by the Churchyard. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The House by the Churchyard by Joseph Sheraton Lefanu. Chapter Six, in which the minstrelsy proceeds. No wonder then, if Father Roach when loftus in the innocence of his heart announced his song and its theme was thoroughly uneasy and would have given a good deal that he had not helped that simple youth into his difficulty but things must now take their course so amid a decorous silence dan loftus lifted up his voice and sang that voice was a high small pipe with a very nervous quaver in it he leaned back in his chair and little more than the whites of his upturned eyes were visible and beating time upon the table with one hand clawwise and with two or three queer little trills and roulades which reappeared with great precision in each verse he delivered himself thus in which i suspect was an old psalm tune now lent is come let us refrain from carnal creatures quick or slain let's fast and macerate the flesh impound and keep it in distress here there came a wonderful unspeakable choking sound partly through the mouth partly through the nose from several of the officers and old general chatsworth who was frowning hard upon his dessert plate cried order gentlemen in a stern but very tremulous undertone lord castle mallard leaning upon his elbow was staring with a grave and dreamy curiosity at the songster and neither he nor his lordship heard the interruption and on went the pleasant ditty and as the musician regularly repeated the last two lines like a clerk in a piece of psalmody the young wags to save themselves from bursting outright joined in the chorus while verse after verse waxed more uproarious and hilarious and gave a singular relief to loftus's thin high-wavering solo loftus solo but to forbear from flesh fowl fish and eat potatoes in a dish done o'er with amber or a mess of ringos in a spanish dress chorus of officers done o'er with amber or a mess of ringos in a spanish dress tis a good song murmured dr walsingham in lord castle mallard's ear i know the verses well the ingenious and pious howell penned them in the reign of king james the first ha thank you sir said his lordship loftus solo or to refrain from all high dishes but feed our thoughts with wanton wishes making the soul like a tight wench wear patches of concupiscence chorus of officers making the soul like a tight wench wear patches of concupiscence loftus solo this is not to keep lent aright but play the juggling hypocrite for we must starve the inward man and feed the outward too on bran chorus of officers for we must starve the inward man and feed the outward too on bran 
i believe no song was ever received with heartier bursts of laughter and applause Puddick indeed was grave being a good deal interested in the dishes sung by the poet so for the sake of its moral point was dr walsingham who with brows gathered together judiciously kept time with head and hand murmuring true true good sir good from time to time as the sentiment liked him but honest father roach was confoundedly put out by the performance he sat with his blue double chin buried in his breast his mouth pursed up tightly a red scowl all over his face his quick little angry suspicious eyes peeping cornerwise now this way now that not knowing how to take what seemed to him like a deliberate conspiracy to roast him for the entertainment of the company who followed the concluding verse with a universal roaring chorus which went off into a storm of laughter in which father roach made an absurd attempt to join but it was only a gunpowder glare swallowed in an instant in darkness and down came the black portcullis of his scowl with a chop while clearing his voice and directing his red face and vicious little eyes straight on simple dan loftus he said rising very erect and square from an unusually ceremonious bow i don't know mr loftus exactly what you mean by a ring goat in a spanish dress the priest had just smuggled over a wonderful bit of ecclesiastical toggery from salamanca and uh, a person wearing patches you said of of patches of concupiscence i think father roach's housekeeper unfortunately wore patches she was altogether virtuous and by no means young but i'm bound to suppose by the amusement our friends seem to derive from it sir that a ringote whatever it means is a good joke as well as a good-natured one but by your leave sir emphatically interposed puddick on whose ear the ecclesiastic splendour grated like a discord mr loftus sang nothing about a goat though kid is not a bad thing he said ringos meaning i conclude iringonius a delicious preserve or confection have you never eaten them either preserved or candied uh why i uh i happen to have a receipt uh and if you permit me sir a capital receipt when i was a boy i made some once at home sir and by jupiter my brother sam eat of them till he was quite sick i remember so sick by jupiter my poor mother and old dorcas had to sit up all night with him ah uh, and i was going to say if you will allow me sir i shall be very happy to send the receipt to your housekeeper you'll not like it sir said devereux mischievously but there really is a capital one quite of another kind a lenten dish fish you know puddock the one you described yesterday but mr loftus has i think a still better way have you sir asked puddock who had a keen appetite for knowledge i don't know captain puddock murmured loftus bewildered what is it remarked his reverence shortly a roast roach 
answered Puddock, looking quite innocently in that theologian's fiery face. Thank you, said Father Roach, with an expression of countenance which polite little Puddock did not in the least understand. And how do you roast him? We know Loftus's receipt, persisted Devereux, with remarkable cruelty. Just like a lump, said Puddock briskly. And how is that? inquired Devereux. Flay the lump, splat him, divide him, answered Puddock, with great volubility, and cut each side into two pieces, season with salt, pepper, and nutmeg, and baste with clarified butter. Dish him with slices of oranges, barberries, grapes, gooseberries, and butter, and you will find that he eats deliriously either with farced pain or gammon pain. This rhapsody delivered with the rapidity and emphasis of Puddock's earnest lisp was accompanied with very general tokens of merriment from the company, and the priest who half suspected him of having invented it was on the point of falling foul of him when Lord Castle Mallard rose to take leave, and the general forthwith vacated the chair, and so the party broke up fell into groups and the greater part sauntered off to the phoenix where in the club-room they with less restraint and some new recruits carried on the pleasures of the evening which pleasures as will sometimes happen ended in something rather serious end of chapter six recording by john brandon